What is going on guys? So for those of you that don't know me, my name is Abby and this is the first podcast that I'm going to be releasing. Um, I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing. I'm literally sitting in my garage right now recording this on a voice recorder on my phone, but I do know that the life experiences that I have been through, the passion that I have for helping people and the advice that I can give is bound to help someone out there. And starting a podcast is something that I've been wanting to do for a really, really long time. I just haven't really set aside this time to do it. One, because my time management just sucks ass, if I'm being quite honest. And two, I'm just very busy. I'm a single mom. Um, I work full-time as an online health and fitness coach. We do more of functional nutrition, which I'm sure I'll do an entire podcast on, but I really just wanted to start this one off as an intro, just to kind of introduce myself, introduce my story, and kind of give you guys a glimpse of where I kind of want this to go. Again, like I said, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, so hopefully you'll laugh a little bit. Hopefully you'll get something out of this. That's my goal. Um, When I started coaching, my ultimate goal was just if I could help one person, that made me happy because I was so lost in my own journey. I was so lost of who I was as a person. I was lost of, it's like I had no identity to myself. Um, And the person that I've blossomed into and the life that I have built for myself is something that I could have only dreamed of. And so we're going to go over all types of things. I want to go over mindsets. I want to go over my story. I want to go over health and fitness tips. Um, Maybe even like some dating stories too. Throw some in there. Um, Dating in your 30s is a whole new ballgame. So I'm going to pause this. I'm going to get my thoughts together and then I'm going to come back. We're going to go over a little bit about my life and we'll start there. All right, I had a chance to gather my thoughts. We are good to go. And I just want to say as well that if you are offended by swearing, if you're offended by the F word, this may or may not be the podcast for you. Um, I don't exactly have the cleanest mouth. And I've gotten to a place in my life where I'm just going to be me. I'm not going to change who I am to appease other people, to please other people, because I have enough supportive people in my life who love me for who I am. And my ultimate goal, like I said from the beginning, is just to help people. And so if I can get you to laugh, say a couple swear words, hey, we're, we're, all, we're all in a good spot. But I wanted to start out with kind of who I am now, because I think understanding who I am now And then kind of going backwards into where I came from will not only help you see like, okay, like maybe this is someone that I should listen to, but also I think just understanding where I am now will get you to understand how everything that I went through in my life really led up to this moment. And I don't think I would be who I am today had I not gone through some of the things that I had gone through 
but also some of the things that I still continue to face to this day because my life is not fucking rainbows and butterflies. I will tell you that much. People that know me, people that have followed me on Instagram, they know that I'm pretty straightforward. I don't really bullshit things. I don't try and sweep things under the rug. I'm very transparent with the good, the bad, the ugly, and I like to laugh a lot. So what I currently do now is, like I had mentioned before, I am an online health and fitness coach, but I almost like hate that wording. Like I hate that analogy because I feel like it's become such a popular and polarized thing. And I know and I'm confident in the fact that what I do and what our company does is completely different than what is out there. So we do more functional nutrition. We work with a lot of clients who have gut issues and who have hormone issues. And we essentially give them answers that their doctors never could. And we're working with women who have searched for answers for years and years and years. And we really take a very holistic approach to everything. Um, And so I currently do that full time. I live about 40 minutes west outside of Chicago. And I am a single mom. I'm 32 years old. My daughter is 13. She's almost 14. And you will hear a lot about her. Um, she has been through a lot in her life, but she's doing very, very good now, which makes me really, really happy. Um, so live outside of Chicago, told you about my work and I really love to travel and I'm financially extremely stable now, which is a place that I never thought that I would be as a single mom. You know, her dad is not a part of her life in any way, shape, or form. And so it's always been me really taking care of her and being that both parent figure for her financially. And that's always been a really big struggle for me. So I would say it hasn't even been until like this last year where I've finally had that financial freedom to provide the things that I've wanted to provide for my daughter and to kind of live that life that I've always dreamed of living. And like I said, it's it's far from perfect, but I'm pretty damn happy. So we're going to roll with that. Um, so to kind of backtrack a little bit so that you can understand where I came from and how I got to where I am today... Um, I will start when I was like 13 because I feel like that was a really life-changing pivotal moment in my life. Um, I started drinking when I was 13 years old and so I've dealt with alcoholism my, pretty much my entire life, you know, since, since I really could remember, um, and essentially my grandma had passed away and that, that was a really hard, hard hit for me. I also had like some other unfortunate events that had happened to me, um, that I'm sure I'll, I'll go in and I'll go into in another podcast, but I was really lost. I was really depressed. I didn't feel like I could talk to anyone about it. I felt very alone. And so I started drinking and I was also hanging around people that, you know, that was 
a big thing. I grew up in a town, um, it's called Batavia, Illinois. And really that was like the only thing that there was to do. It's like we would party and we would drink and we would go drive around and we would, I don't know, we would just have house parties. It was just kind of one of those things that's, that's like all we did as kids in Batavia. Um, so I started drinking when I was 13 years old. I also grew up dancing, which I absolutely loved. I was on the dance team in high school. And when I was about 16, that's kind of when my drinking really started to worry my parents. And when I say parents, I'm talking about my mom and my stepdad. My biological dad is kind of very much in and out of my life. And my stepdad is who I consider my parent at this point in my life. Um, So they were really worried about me. So I went to rehab for the first time when I was 16 years old. And then I came out. I was doing pretty good. But then, I mean, I was still just a teenager. Like, I wasn't ready to be sober and kind of go down that path. So I ended up drinking again. I went to rehab again when I was 17. And then I got pregnant when I was 17. So that was fun. That was really fun telling my mom that news. And so I had my daughter when I was 18 years old. And I was so excited to be a mom. Like, I know that, I think that sounds weird for a lot of people, but I loved being pregnant. And I was very mature for my age. And so I had already moved out when I was 17 years old. Um, I was already in college. I graduated high school online. I went to nursing school. And being a mom was like the best gift that I was ever given. And after she was born, I actually got this tattoo tattooed on me with butterflies. And it says, what appears to be the end may actually be a new beginning. And I really felt like she gave me that new beginning. And I have the butterflies on there because, you know, the analogy of, you know, this caterpillar goes in this cocoon and it's it's really tough and it's really difficult and it's dark and it's scary and it goes through these circumstances and it ends up blossoming and breaking free into this gorgeous new creature. And that's kind of what I felt like at that time. Um, I was in nursing school, I was working in the restaurant industry, and then shit kind of hit the fan when I turned 21. So when I turned 21, I was still working in the restaurant industry, and you know I was living on my own, I was supporting my daughter on my own full-time, working full-time, she was in daycare, I was in nursing school, and I was just kind of running myself into the ground. And I started drinking a little bit more heavily. I'd like have a couple drinks after work with the people that I worked with. And I started going out to bars more often. And I met a guy that I would then continue to be in a relationship for on and off for a good seven to eight years. And... um You know, I had a lot of like daddy issues, I would say, quote unquote daddy issues, I guess. I just felt like I needed to belong to someone. I had very bad like codependency issues. And so when I was drinking really heavily and when I met this person, 
I wanted to be with him 24-7 because I felt like if I wasn't with him 24-7 that he would leave me. And I didn't want him to leave me because I was just so happy to kind of have that attention from someone. And I didn't want to let that go. And my drinking just got to the point where eventually my mom had to take guardianship of my daughter for about a year. And I essentially disappeared and, and fell off the face of the planet for a solid year. And I wasn't a part of my daughter's life from the age of about two and a half until she was about three and a half years old. And, you know, from my own perspective, I was suffering every day. I had so much guilt built up inside of me, but I didn't have enough courage to admit that I needed help or to just be able to like walk through my mom's door and say like, hey, like, I want to do this. I want to be a mom. And I think I don't have any regrets in life because I think everything, every choice that I have made in life has led up to who I am today. But if I could take one thing back, like, I think that that is the thing that I would take back. Um, and so I continued to stay in a relationship with this guy. I ended up getting sober. I went back to treatment again. And I we started to slowly transition my daughter back into my home. And so then I had her full-time again. We signed guardianship back over. And she's been with me ever since. Um... But that relationship that I was in with this person pretty much destroyed me and it really led to a lot of the things that my daughter continues to suffer with. It was a very toxic relationship. There was a lot of drinking involved. He was an alcoholic. I was drinking at the time as well. Um, And it was just very... Um, it was just not a good environment for her, right? There was a lot of emotional abuse going on. There was a lot of fighting going on. And there just wasn't a ton of stability. Um, And I'm not saying I was a bad mom. Like, I showed up for her, but I stayed in that relationship longer than I needed to. And it put a lot of pain in my daughter that I didn't even realize was happening, right? So she was witnessing a lot of this stuff and I was going through so much of my own pain and she would isolate herself from it. And so I literally didn't even notice that she was hearing these things or listening to these things because she wasn't standing right there when it was happening. And so I finally left that relationship When my daughter was about nine years old and I was still working in the restaurant industry at the time, full time, Um, I started managing a sushi restaurant and I started another relationship. And this time it was with someone that I've actually known for a very, very long time. So I had known him for a very long time. Um, He was actually, guys, I'm the worst. He was actually dating one of my best friends for, God, six, 
for a really long time, six years, maybe even more. Um, and me and her kind of stopped being friends and he had reached out to me asking to take me on a date. And I'm like, uh, I don't really know. Like, do I really want to go out with this guy? Like, I know like all the ins and outs of their past relationship. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to say yes. And ended up staying with him for about two and a half years. But that's really when my life really started to change. Like that's when things really started to develop into who I am today. So January of 2021, my daughter came to me and told me that she had tried committing suicide. And as a mom, that was one of the most heartbreaking things that I could have ever heard from my daughter. And my drinking at the time was really bad. Um, I wasn't drunk all the time, but I was drinking all the time. And I was using it as a way to... I was essentially self-medicating myself so that I didn't have to deal with my anxiety because I was working in the restaurant industry and I was working six, seven days a week, 12-hour days. I was exhausted and I was having extreme amounts of anxiety and it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And so I would drink literally from the moment I woke up until the moment I would go to bed. And there were some times in the middle of the night I would drink and I would like I would wake up in the middle of the night and I would have a drink. And it was the only way I found that I could suppress that anxiety. Like I was almost just searching for like an even kill or even keel or whatever the hell they call it. I was just wanting that little bit of a buzz consistently throughout the day. And so I was drinking probably stupid fucking White Claws, guys. I was drinking probably like 20 to 30 White Claws a day. But again, I was drinking like 24-7 around the clock and that lasted for like six months. And I had been wanting to quit for a really long time, but I knew that I had to go to detox to do it safely. I don't know how much you guys know about alcohol and alcoholism, but you can't come off of it safely if you've been a heavy drinker for a really long time. You can have seizures. You can literally die. Um, and I knew that I was at that point where I couldn't safely come off of drinking without going to detox, but I was her main provider. And so if I went to detox, that would mean a couple things. It would mean I would have to admit to everybody that I know that I was heavily drinking because I hit it very, very well. I don't think anyone knew besides the person that I was dating. And I don't even think he knew how bad it was because I would drink in my car. I would hide it. I would drink before I went to parties. Um, I would pour it in like different types of cups. Like I was 100% a closet drinker. And that would mean I would have to admit to everyone that I had a problem. And two, that would mean that I couldn't work and I wouldn't be bringing in income. And that was a really scary thing for me because God forbid I ask for help. 
And so when my daughter came to me saying that she had tried committing suicide, I immediately obviously reacted. I brought her into treatment and she went into her first inpatient stay. And for the first two days that she was in there, I was a fucking mess. I was a mess because, of course, I was blaming myself. How could I not? But then also, I was just hurting for her. And my sister-in-law at the time worked at a facility that I had been to before for a detox. And I called her and I said, I can't do this anymore. Like, I need help. I need to go to detox. I was wasted. I drove myself to detox I got there. I remember just giving her like the biggest hug. I was a freaking mess of emotions. I was hammered. I think I blew like a 0.28 or something like that when I got there. And that was two hours after I had already gotten there. So I'm just grateful and thankful that no one got hurt on my way there because I should not have been driving. Um, that was probably the worst that I had ever been behind the wheel, but I didn't know what else to do. And I'm very thankful that I was so drunk to the point where my emotions were just like, I just have to do this. And so I went to detox. I was there for about five or six days and I've been sober ever since. And... I had been sober before, but like this time was different. It was different because I chose to go get sober. I knew that I needed to change. I knew that I couldn't do this anymore. I had been wanting to get sober for a while. And my daughter having the courage to tell me what she was struggling with essentially is what gave me the courage to get my own help. And so again, I know I had brought up that tattoo of the butterfly and the cocoon and, and, you know, what appears to be the end may actually be a new beginning. Like I, she had given me that new beginning again. And so for the next two years, you know, she had just struggled so much with her mental health. Um, you know, she was in and out of treatment. God, for the first six months, it was literally every three weeks. Every three weeks, I was bringing her into treatment for suicide attempts and suicidal thoughts. And my life just felt like it was crumbling in front of me. And like, I just didn't know what to do to help her. And... You know, she was only 11 years old at the time. COVID had COVID was going on. She wasn't in school. Like there was just a lot going on at that time. I was freshly sober. The person I was in a relationship with you know, didn't I essentially I had a lot on my plate. I really still had to do it alone. I think he attempted to be supportive, but it wasn't the support that I really needed at the time. And what she really needed at the time. Um, and so, you know, she was only 11 years old. So 
unfortunately when it comes to mental health and and kids her age there's just not a lot out there and inpatient just wasn't working for her it just was not working and I was getting so frustrated and I finally found a place in California and we sent her out there for residential treatment and so I would say like a couple months before that is when I hired my coach for the first time because I was newly sober and I weighed a whopping 225 fucking pounds and it wasn't until I got sober that I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like who the fuck am I and what happened to my body like I didn't even realize that I was that big because I was just so zoned out and I was just so lost as a person before I got sober this last time that I didn't realize how unhealthy I was you know I was probably consuming 5,000 plus calories a day just in alcohol alone and so I hired a coach because I was like, I need to feel good. I need to feel good about myself because everything around me is fucking falling apart and I need to do something for myself. And so did I have the money at the time to invest in coaching? Fuck no. No, I did not. But I knew the possibilities that coaching could provide for me. I knew that if I started to take care of myself and I started to put the time and energy into myself and making those commitments to myself, that it would not only benefit me, but it would benefit my family, which would benefit my daughter. Because that's who my family is. It's just me and my daughter. And not even a month into coaching, I started to get really incredible results. I started to feel so good about myself. And I'm like, dude, if I can do this, if I can feel this fucking good, imagine how many other women out there who are feeling the same way that I'm feeling, who don't realize that like this stuff is available to them, that coaching is available to them, that they can do it, that their possibilities are endless. Like I just started going off and like this light bulb went off in my head because I've always enjoyed helping people. I've always enjoyed that. From the time I was 13 years old, I knew I wanted to be a nurse because I just wanted to help people. I just didn't know that like this was one of those possibilities. And so I ended up becoming a coach with First Form. And I wasn't afraid to put myself out there. I was posting in the mom groups. I started sharing on my Instagram. Like I plastered myself everywhere and I plastered my story everywhere. And if people wanted to judge me, I don't really give a fuck. Go ahead and judge me. Because if I can help one person, if I can help one mom, if I can help someone who was like me feel good about themselves and get out of the rut that I was in, that is all I ever wanted. And so I kept growing and I kept growing and I kept growing and I kept helping women and getting women results. And I realized that I was really fucking good at it. 
And it was the most fulfilling thing that I could have ever done in my life. And, you know, with first form, the thing with coaching for them is the only way to make money, you essentially coach for free. Okay. The only way to make money from them is by selling their supplements and getting commission. And I'm like, I'm not going to sit here and base my value off of if you order supplements or not, because one, not everyone needs to use supplements. Okay. Supplements are there to supplement. You don't need them to get results. Are they helpful? Fuck yeah, they're helpful. I use them all the time, but are they necessary? No. And the quality of coaching that I was providing should not be equated to if I can sell you some greens powder or some protein powder, right? Like I was literally changing your life. <laughs> so I was like, I can't do it this way. And so then I hired a business mentorship, uh, IFCA, and it was 10 grand, you guys, 10 grand. And when I was on that call and he told me that, I literally shit my pants. And I'm like, I don't fucking have 10 grand laying around. Like, I'm a single mom. I work my ass off for like the little bit that I do have. And I was making good money at the restaurant. You know, I was making around six figures a year. But with my daughter being in so much treatment and and going through so much at that time, all of that money was being put towards medical bills. And so I told him, I said, I know that I need this. I know that I want to do this. Let me make a couple calls. And so I called my stepdad and I literally asked him, I said, do you believe in me? And he was like, what? And so I told him what I wanted to borrow the money for. And so all I had to do was put down 5k. And so he lent me the 5k to do this program and to do this business mentorship. And I put down that 5k. I started this business mentorship. I started charging for my coaching. And the first week that I launched, I made $13,000 in five days. And I was able to pay him back. I was able to pay off the rest of that mentorship. And at that time, I was still just like, I was going through so much. I was just running myself into the ground at that point. Um, like things were starting to happen in my life that were really, really positive, but my daughter was still really struggling. Um, I was still working full time. I was flying to California, flying home from California. And I was doing things like 75 hard and I was still working on my health and fitness journey. And I was just running myself into the damn ground. And I, in that business mentorship, um, one of the other coaches that was in there that owned her own business was hiring for an assistant coach or an expert coach. And I saw the job posting and I looked at it and I read it and I was like, wow, like I, it's just speaking to me. And so I applied and I said, you know what? I don't know, like assistant coaching sounds really nice because that's all I wanna do is coach. 
I wanted to coach and I wanted to have financial freedom. And I just thought the only way that I could do that was by launching my own business and by owning my own business. And so I applied for it and I stopped taking clients because there was this this gut in my stomach that was telling me that like this was it. And, you know, I hadn't even had a freaking interview with this lady yet. And I was like, this is it. And so I ended up finally having the interview with her and I was like, okay, that actually went really good. Like, I really love them. I think this is going to be it. And they had interviewed so many people, like over like 30 to 40 people. And one day I got a call saying that she wanted to offer me the position. And I was just through the fucking roof. And it was at that point where I was like, I finally did it. All I wanted to do was be able to work from home, be there for my daughter, help women, and do what I love and have financial freedom. And I had finally felt like I just like had made it. And, um, you know, since then I've become full-time with them. I make well over six figures a year and I literally just get to help women all day, all day. That's all I get to do. And I have the freedom to travel and, you know, throughout this time too, my daughter still was attempting, like her, her last attempt was back in January. Um, you know, she, she tried overdosing again and, you know, a lot of people ask me like, how do you stay so positive? And like, how do you get through all this stuff? Because you've been through so much and to literally sit there and like watch your child suffer through something like this for years and you know it's one of the hardest things that you have to sit there and watch as a parent but when I look at her and I see how strong she is and I see how much she wants the help because she was always willing to get treatment she was always willing to go to therapy like she wanted this help and I also felt a really big sense of guilt for even her feeling the way that she felt because she was ultimately diagnosed with PTSD which stemmed from being in that long-term relationship that I was in because of the abuse that she unfortunately witnessed and listened to um all I could do as a parent is now be there for her and help her through whatever battles she needed to face And what got me through all of that was, one, making sure that I was taking care of myself. I had to put myself first. And I know that a lot of people may not understand that. And they're like, well, your daughter's suffering. How are you going to put yourself first? It's just like an airplane, you guys. Okay? If the airplane's crashing, you put your mask on first. Because if you are not capable of helping the people that are surrounded by you, then how are they going to get the help? I had to take care of myself first. So I put my health and fitness first 
which ultimately allowed me to continue helping her in the positive light that she needed me to. I wasn't frustrated. I wasn't angry. I was I had the energy to get through the days to take care of her. And that doesn't mean it wasn't a struggle, but you have to really like look at the positives of situations. Because I could have easily sat there and said, oh my gosh, my life is turning into shit and what am I going to do and poor me and sorry me and I'm just going to go cry on the couch and I'm just going to eat my worries away. What is that going to solve? Fucking nothing. So I put my big girl pants on, okay? And you start to look at the positives. What are the positives? I'm financially stable to be able to provide insurance for her. I'm in a place where I can help her. She's willing to help herself. Sometimes the positive was, hey, the suicide attempt didn't work. That was a fucking positive. That she even told me that she was feeling this way. There's always a positive no matter how hard your life is or whatever it feels like is happening in your life that is crumbling in front of you. There's always a positive that you guys can find out of any situation. I promise if you dig deep enough, there is. And your mindset around those things has to remain positive. Because your mindset is what is going to control your actions. And so if you're someone who is consistently telling themselves or you have a really shitty attitude or a very fixed mindset... Your outcomes and your actions are probably going to be really shitty too. And you're not going to be able to develop and blossom into a version of yourself that you're actually capable of being. And so if I have any advice for you is to become a very growth-minded person and to become a very positive person. There were some days I didn't even fucking believe it. Like, I would tell myself, today's going to be such a great day, even though everything around me was falling apart. But if I told myself today was going to be a great day, then I was going to find evidence throughout that day that made it a great day, instead of always looking at the negative things. So hopefully that makes sense to you guys. But, um, and then to go into just a little bit more, you know, with all of that that was going on, You know, me working six, seven days in the restaurant industry. I was coaching full-time still at the time. Um, Then I started going in and out of the hospital. And I started dealing with very severe, severe blood sugar crashes. And the doctors essentially couldn't give me any answers. And I kept telling them, like, listen, my life is, like, really stressful. (laughs) And so... You know, I feel like that might have something to do with it. And they're like, no, it can't be that bad. Like, that wouldn't cause things like this. And so when I started working with Vanessa and I started working with VGFN, which is the company that I work for, um, you know, like I had said in the beginning, we work with clients who have hormone issues and gut issues and we give (laughs) clients answers that their doctors never could. And I ended up becoming a client within my own company. Because I was dealing with some very severe hormone issues. I was essentially postmenopausal. 
and my cortisol was just completely flatlined. I had HPA access dysfunction. I had no, my adrenals were shot. They were shot. And your cortisol levels affect your blood sugar. And so I had to take off about six months of working out, which was so hard for me. It was so hard for me, but I'm not even going to get into too much of that because I want to do like a completely different podcast episode on that. Um, But where that has all led me to today is I have just become a very positive, driven, growth-minded person. And the only reason that I was able to get to this point is, one, I put myself first, always and first and foremost, always me first. It's not selfish to put yourself first. I wasn't afraid to invest in myself and I wasn't afraid of failure. I had failed so many fucking times in my life. The last thing I was afraid of was failing again. And so if you can let go of fears, because fear is what typically holds us back from making really hard decisions. It's that fear of failure. It's that fear of judgment. You have, you got to let that go. And it's led me up to this point where I literally get to work from home every day. I get to travel whenever the hell I want to. I make over six figures a year. I help clients every single day. I get to change people's lives and I get to be here for my daughter. And she's never had that before in her life. She's always had a mom who has had to work over and over and over again every single day. And I've had to miss holidays and I've had to miss birthdays and I've had to miss events because she needed a roof over her head and food on the table. And now I can be home with her every day and and that's been the ultimate, like, it's like the best feeling in the world. So with all of that, I know that was a lot. I kind of just... Like I said, I really didn't know where I was going with this, um, but I do know one thing, and I, I know what I want people to get out of this podcast. Most of these episodes will not be this long. I'm probably going to keep them about 10 to 15 minutes, probably do them about once a week, and then maybe up it to twice a week as I continue doing these, but I really want to focus on mindset, and I really want to focus on health and fitness But I just want women to feel encouraged. And I want them to know that, like, even though I've become successful, even though I have had amazing results in my health and fitness journey, like, there's still times that are hard. And there's still times that people struggle and I struggle. And I want to be able to relate to those women that still struggle that their life isn't rainbows and fucking butterflies, okay? Life sometimes isn't that great, but it can be great if you allow it to. If you give yourself the chance to make it great, it can be. So 
I'm going to end this here because I feel like that was enough. <laughs> so if you guys enjoyed this podcast, if you liked it, can you please like it? Can you please share it? Um, subscribe to it. If at all possible, I would just highly appreciate it because I want to continue reaching out to people. But if people don't like it, then, you know, maybe I won't do it. No, I'm just kidding. I'll do whatever the fuck I want. Anyway, have a good day, guys, and I will talk to y'all on the next one.